By the time you are hearing this, I am on my way to my relative's lake house in St. Joseph, Michigan. So consider this the Lockdown Bearcats vacation series where we look back at the Bearcats 2021 college football playoff season. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. It is Thursday, July 14th, where today's episode, well, we don't have a title sponsor for today, but that's okay. I'm Alex Frank, your host of Lockdown Bearcats each and every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube, the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. You can subscribe and follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. So how this is going to work, this is going to be the next Four shows. So today, Friday, Monday, and Tuesday. This is looking back at the 2021 Bearcats college football playoff season. What we're going to do is we're going to go through every game from last year, what I was thinking before the game, what you were thinking before the game. I don't know what you were thinking before the game, but I'm going to try and take a stab at it. But mainly what I thought before the game, what I thought during the game, and then after the game. I wish this podcast had existed last year during football season. It would have been a lot of fun. But that's why we're going to relive the 2021 season on this podcast. So the first four games today, games 5 through 8 tomorrow, games 9 through 12 on Monday, and then the American Championship game and my unique experience from that game and the college football playoff game, which my unique experience from that game too, which I think you might know where I was for that game, and it was not in the United States. Anyway, so let's start with week one right off the bat, Miami-Ohio rivalry game. It's the first time that I can remember the Bearcats playing Miami of Ohio week one. Rivalry game, I thought the Bearcats were far and away the more superior team. I didn't think the game was going to be all that close, but there is always that little feeling of of nervousness, anxiety of playing your rival week one. Playing your rival in general, but especially when you have the preseason expectations of the University of Cincinnati, they were number eight in the country. I mean, I remember when I heard the Bearcats were number eight. That was huge. If the Bearcats were going to have any shot at making the college football playoff, they were going to have to be ranked pretty high in the preseason AP Top 25, which they were. That set the tone of, okay, there is a legitimate chance that this could happen. But when you're playing your rivals, you always have that feeling of, oh boy, we better win. Because Miami, Ohio is a team that Cincinnati should beat every single year, as they have since 2000, what, 2005, I think? 2000, I think it's 2006. Yeah, 2006. Is it? Yeah, 2006. So, that's what I thought about before the game. Second play of the game. And again, you're always nervous. Because if you lose to your rival like Miami with those preseason expectations, not only do you lose the streak of number of games you've won against the Red Hawks, but you lose any chance of going to the college football playoff and probably any chance of going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Let that sink in. So my um, place for that game was, this was still when I worked with um, Jeff Carr, uh, Locked On Reds, and uh, MLB channel manager of Locked On Podcast Network. 
This was when Jeff and I both worked at iHeartMedia Cincinnati. So I was running the 700 WLW broadcast um, side of the game at iHeartMedia Cincinnati. So I didn't really watch the game. I had it on in the background, but I was mainly listening to the radio because I was working a radio broadcast, producing. Second play of the game. Desmond Ritter, an absolute bomb. 81 yards, Tyler Scott. If there was any feeling of nervousness before the game, second play of the game, it was gone. I mean, I, I said to myself, if this is how this is going to be, we are going to be really freaking good. The Cincinnati Bearcats. And not only that, because we knew the hype was exceeded. Exceeded. I came out wrong the first time. I remember the day before I produced Mo Egger's show. And one of the tasks he gave me was to cut or to get an interview that he did with Desmond Ritter ready for the show. And I'm listening to the show, and I'm listening to Mo talk about his incredible ascension his junior season. I'm listening to him talk about how he went to the Manning Passing Academy in between his junior and senior seasons. I'm listening to how, you know, he has these expectations for himself. I'm listening to how Ritter's talking about how, why he came back for a senior season and how special he thought the team could be. And you always hear those things, and you always say to yourself, is it really going to be like that? Are they going to be able to match the hype in the second play from scrimmage they did? By the end of the first quarter, it was 21-0. Ritter's already up to 200 passing yards, three touchdowns. He threw for 296 on the day, 20 of 25, four touchdowns. And you're thinking to yourself, holy smokes. I mean, this guy, what he did at the end of last season was clearly not a fluke. If you had any nervousness before the game, and it's understandable if you did because it's, you know, a rivalry. And I think any realistic fan like me, any realistic fan that we we can all be ambitious about our teams. We can all say college football playoff, whatever with our teams. That's what sports is all about. But you got to have some realist realism to you. A little bit. I've learned that. And maybe you have too. Any realistic fan probably thought, eh, we got to make sure we win this game. If you had any of that, it was gone by the end of the first quarter. I was concerned about the Bearcats not scoring in the scoring in the third quarter. I was concerned about the turnovers that were not forced. But anytime you get a good win over a rivalry team and you get to and you win 49-14 and not only that, a few days later you get admitted to the Big 12. I mean, the season was already off to a resounding success. Crush your rival. You're in the top 10 to start the season. And you are now on your way to a Power 5 conference. Talk about setting the tone for the season. And you may have thought, or so you thought, or we thought in week two, Murray State. I'm going to be honest. I overlooked this game. I'm like, ha! Murray State? Let me, I'll put it to you this way. I remember getting up that morning, and I asked my dog. I said, do you know who Murray State is? And I'm like, no? Okay, didn't think you did. That's okay. I thought we were going to win 56 to nothing. Fast forward to the second quarter, and the Bearcats are down 7 nothing. And Murray State's held the ball for 10 more minutes than the Bearcats have. And if you are a realistic fan, you are really nervous. If you're a Cincinnati sports fan at that time, because keep in mind, 
This was when the Cincinnati sports curse still existed. It wasn't broken until January 15th of 2022. This was September 11th, 2021. So, I mean, here's this game, and it made me sweat, right? Made me sweat. Down 7-0, can't do anything on defense to stop Murray State. We don't even have the ball, so we can't even do anything about it. Took a fourth and goal, three tight end set to get a touchdown. Eventually, the Bearcats got going, but you kept thinking, they got to keep building this lead. They did, 42-7. And 42-7 is a good win. But you're thinking, do we do enough to stay number eight? Do we do enough come the end of the season to, you know, not make the committee look at this game too much? Regardless of what regardless of what your thoughts were to that question, you certainly, you certainly had those uneasy feelings because now you're thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to Indiana and Notre Dame. <laughs> No way are we beating those two are we beating those two teams. All right, coming up, the Indiana game. Um the roller coaster of emotions that game had. Um my thoughts from that game, I was at that game. Um what I did and I will tell you all about it next. But first, I got to tell you about LinkedIn. As the sun comes down and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions, Excuse me, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. Sorry, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses are rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week that nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college. That's LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So we go into Indiana week three. Indiana was one and one. Bearcats were two and no. They were ranked number eight. And I remember it was it was weird because in years past, when the Bearcats have gone to play a power five opponent, normally they were the underdog. Normally they were the lower-ranked team or unranked team and the team they were playing was ranked. This was a start. This was vastly different. Here you have the Bearcats ranked number eight. They're the ones with college football playoff aspirations. And then you have Indiana, who was unranked, one and one, but had some high expectations. They were a really good team the year prior. Heck, they were ranked 17th to start the season. A, an abysmal loss to Iowa in week one, put him out of the top 25. Yeah, they beat Idaho, but I didn't think the stats from that game were all that impressive. So you're thinking, okay, the Bearcats can win this game. I picked them to win. I thought they were the better team. Then we get to the start of the game, and it's awful. First off, let me tell you something about Memorial Stadium in Bloomington, Indiana. The stadium 
it, it's it's a unique stadium. It's a college football stadium. You can definitely tell. But the um, the concourses are terrible. The bathrooms are small. They were clearly not prepared for the magnitude of that game. I mean, Indiana has never played in a game like that. A top, hosting a top 10 team, they weren't prepared for that. When Indiana actually had a good team in football. They were not prepared for that. You had to wait in line an hour to go to the bathroom. You had to wait an hour in line to get food. I was going to do both those things, I think, during a I think during a timeout in the first quarter. And I said to myself, this ain't happening. First off, I didn't really have to go to the bathroom. I just wanted to, you know, go. So I went not to go during halftime when everybody else did. So I said, screw it. I'm just not going to go to the bathroom at all during the game. And I'm not going to eat because I can eat when I get home or go somewhere after the game, which I did. So that decision was made. Then the Bearcats are playing poorly. Ritter gets intercepted. Ritter fumbles. John Williams, God bless him, left tackle, picks up the fumble, holds it with one hand, begging Indiana to strip it from him, which they did. Next thing you know, it's 14 to nothing. And you're thinking... Are we the number eight ranked team in the country? Because we're getting embarrassed. And by the way, this is in the middle of the second quarter. This is in the middle of the second quarter. On the road, it's 90 degrees. It's 100 degrees on the field. The crowd's into it. And all of a sudden, your college football playoff aspirations are going up in smoke. So... Bearcats are playing poorly. And then all of a sudden, or I should say, but then all of a sudden, the Bearcats score. It's 14-7. Brian Cook has an interception early in the game. Prevented an Indiana score. It could have been 21-0. Then, who had the second? I think Arquan Bush had an, intercept, an interception before halftime. Bearcats get a field goal. It's 14-10. They get the ball. Go down and score. And next thing you know, it's 17 to 14. Bearcats are in front. You're feeling really good. Then, of course, Indiana scores. And you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a back and forth battle. Trey Tucker, 98 yards, kickoff return for a touchdown. Second kickoff return touchdown of his career. Completely flipped the momentum. Completely flipped the momentum. Because even though it was still back and forth, Indiana got a field goal on their ensuing possession to go ahead. As soon as the Bearcats went ahead, Alec Pierce's touchdown, you felt good. Even as Indiana's driving down the field, you're thinking, hold them to three, you're still in front by seven. And then the Bearcats get the turnover they needed. They get the strip, fumble by Darian Beavers. And even though they didn't score on the next possession, even though, they didn't score, even though they didn't score on the next possession, they still had the momentum. And, and I remember I had unfortunately leave early that game. And I know, I know what you're thinking. I don't leave early from sporting events all that often, unless I'm with family, and they drove to the game. If I drive to the game, chances are I'm not leaving early. I had to this time, though, because I had to be at work. And my friend who I was with had to be somewhere, too. That was actually very important. So... We're walking back to where we parked, 
as De- as Darian Beaver's fumble, as Deshaun Pace's interception to set up the coffin nails touchdown, as Dan Horde likes to say. And the way the Bearcats closed that game, the way they closed the game on a 38 to 10 run was incredibly spectacular. It was incredible. The toughness, the resiliency, they were playing about as poorly as I've seen them play under Luke Fickle in the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes maybe. And then all of a sudden, flip the switch. And all of a sudden, here Cincinnati was. You know, outscoring Indiana on their home field, 38 to 10. 38 to 10. Now, Indiana ended up having a a really horrible season. But at that point, you're thinking the fact that Cincinnati just outscored a Big Ten team on their home field, 38 to 10, after being down 14, with everything going against them, and they found a way to overcome that. The last 40, the last 40 minutes of that game, 35 minutes of that game, the second half of that game, you would never have known that the first quarter and a half happened. It was that impressive of a performance by Cincinnati. Ritter, uh, did he hit 300 yards? I, don't, I think he came very close to 300 yards that game. He threw for one touchdown. Jerome Ford had a solid game running the football. Alec Pierce with the only uh, receiving touchdown of the game. And I just think about how the Bearcats passed that first test. Because think about it this way. If they had lost to Indiana, the Notre Dame game would have been, I don't want to say pointless, but it wouldn't have had as much meaning as it ended up having. That set the stage for a game that had been anticipated for two-plus years. Two-plus years. And the stage could not have been bigger leading up to the game during the game, and after the game. In the biggest win in Bearcats school history, and one of college football's most tradition-rich programs. My account from that game, next, after a word from BetOnline. You see, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, which are already concluded. Not sure why we're still mentioning that. And... Major League Baseball, BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting, or I'm sorry, yeah, all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. That's the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, April 2019, this is when this game all began. That's when we found out the Bearcats were going to Notre Dame. And at that point, you thought, well, I hope Luke Fickle's still around. Well, I hope Desmond Ritter is still here. You didn't know a lot of things. The Bearcats were coming up in the two season in 2018. We didn't know how good the program was going to be, just how good. We thought, no, it'll be great if the Bearcats can win. Okay. So then, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bearcats, 
enter the game at Notre Dame in South Bend in Notre Dame Stadium. Favorites. That's right. Favorites. The anticipation going into that game was incredible. I was incredibly fortunate to be able to go to this game. What helped me was we have our lake house up in St. Joseph, Michigan, where I am on my way to right now as you're listening to this. That's where my friend and I, who I went to the game with, stayed that night. I'll get into that after the game. So we get to South Bend. I didn't really know how many Bearcats fans were going to be at the game. I thought a good amount were going to be there, but I'm walking around campus before the game, and I'm seeing all this red. I'm seeing all this black. I'm like, and I'm seeing tailgates. I went to a tailgate before the game, you know, good um, friends of mine and good family friends of mine. I'm like, dang, all these fans made the trip. I'm like, this is a game that comes around maybe once every hundred years. Turns out it was the first game between the two teams since 1900. And I said to myself, enjoy this. I was very fortunate to be able to be a part of BearCast Media, where I was the former sports director of, to be a part of their broadcast on the pregame and halftime shows. If I was a student at uh, Cincinnati last year, oh, I would have been, you know, that would have been a bucket list game to do play-by-play for. But to still be a part of the broadcast, to run back and forth from my seat, which was in the uh, touchdown Jesus end zone, was it? Wasn't that? Yeah. It was the touchdown. I was in the touchdown. Was I in this? Yeah, the touchdown Jesus end zone. I mean, let me tell you, it was unbelievable. The weather could not have been better. I think it was like 70 degrees, sunny skies, perfect day for football. And even though I'm a Bearcats fan, I'm going to confess something. I grew up a Notre Dame fan. To go to a college football game at Notre Dame Stadium is something every college football fan needs to do. The history, the stadium itself, which, by the way, looks really good, even though it's one of the oldest stadiums in the country. The renovations are spectacular. The atmosphere is electric. The fans are into it. It it is an unbelievable experience. You know, to see what it's like at kickoff, it's incredible. And I'm sitting where and I'm sitting in the touchdown Jesus end zone. And I'm looking at all the Bearcats fans on the opposite end zone. And I'm saying to myself, there are so many here. Like, didn't you like don't you think Notre Dame fans would have been at this game? Don't you think it would have been hard for Bearcats fans to get tickets to that game? Like, I legitimately thought that. So then the game starts. Notre Dame is marching down the field on their first possession. You're thinking, oh, this is going to be just like 2019 Ohio State all over again. Oh, boy, here we go. So much for the anticipation. Sauce Gardner's interception on the first possession of the game. That set the tone. That set the tone. That, okay, we're here to play. We're going to weather this storm, and we're here to play. So then the game is still scoreless. I like that the longer it was, it was scoreless because it showed Cincinnati was there to play. Then all of a sudden, Deshaun Pace's interception sets up the first touchdown. The fumble on the kickoff puts the Bearcats up 10-0. Trey Tucker's touchdown, and they're rolling. I mean, Jack Cohn is under immense pressure all game. You're thinking to yourself, 
excuse me, you're thinking, man, we're going to blow this team out. Or you could have been thinking, well, they're going to find a way to come back in this game. Sure enough, first possession, second half, Ritter goes deep to Alec Pierce. Catch is made. You're thinking, man, if we get a touchdown here or a field goal, we're in command. Unfortunately, Ritter fumbles. Notre Dame gets a big return out of it. They score. Then the Bearcats couldn't kick a field goal inside 35 yards or 30 yards. Notre Dame all of a sudden is within 17-13, and you're getting nervous. You're thinking, we have to score on this next possession. Once Notre Dame cut it to 17-13, you're thinking, we have to score here. Ritter's throw to Leonard Taylor on the final touchdown drive. One of the best throws I have ever seen. Probably the best throw of his career outside of the touchdown to Tyler Scott in the first game of the season. His throw to Leonard Taylor up the seam, 30 yards downfield, laser beam right in the breadbasket. Incredible. I w- I remember seeing that throw from my vantage point, seeing the, the play come to me where I was sitting in the touchdown Jesus end zone. And I'm saying to myself, damn. The touchdown Ritter had provided some cushion. You're up 11. There's about 345 left in the game. You're still thinking to yourself, because again, the Cincinnati sports curse was still in existence. You're still thinking, oh, they're going to somehow find a way to blow this one. I thought that, but at the same time, I'm like, we're up 11. We're feeling pretty good. When the Bearcats won, when they stopped Notre Dame on that 4th and 16, whatever it was, when the Bearcats won the game, the clock ran down, and you're seeing the fans celebrate. You're seeing Ritter wave the flag in the opposite end zone where I was sitting. And you're seeing, you know, the players celebrate, and then let's go Bearcats chance taking over Notre Dame Stadium. And you're and I remember celebrating with, with my friend Tyler after the game, who I went up to my lake, our my relative's lake house with after the game. I remember celebrating with Sean McMahon, who took over for me as sports director of Bearcats Media. His um his staff, Caleb Taylor, um his last name, yeah, Caleb Taylor, um, Justin Cashman. It was an incredible experience, you know, going up to, you know, Lake Michigan, you know, having a beer at this, uh, one of my favorite places there, Silver Beach Pizza, and, you know, eating a good meal after the game, walking along the beach after the game with the lake, you know, celebrating with one of my favorite dessert places up in uh, St. Joseph, Michigan, Kilwins Ice Cream, highly recommend if you go up there. Oh my gosh. And Silver Beach Pizza, highly recommend too. I mean, it was just an unbelievable night. It was an unbelievable day, and the, and the best part about it was I kept hearing all offseason, oh, the Bearcats can go to the college football playoff, man. Oh, it's, you know, we could go. And I'm like, dude, don't get your hopes up. Like, I mean, like, yeah, they're good. Maybe 11-1, maybe 10-2, because I didn't know about the Indiana two-step beating Indiana and then beating Notre Dame, how that was going to go. But once they beat Indiana Notre Dame, and once they got to 4-0 with – it's seemingly being all downhill in conference play after that. You're thinking to yourself, you know what? Maybe we can maybe we do have a chance. Maybe we actually do have a chance of going to the college football playoff. We beat Indiana by 14 on the road. We beat Notre Dame on the road by 11. Those are two true road wins, double-digit games. I mean, you're you're thinking, yeah, we're pretty good. We actually have a chance. Like the Cincinnati Bearcats have a chance of going to the college football playoff. We knew Ohio State already had a loss. We knew Oregon already had a loss. 
we knew Clemson already had a loss, and a lot of other chaos, a lot of other chaotic things were going to happen around college football. And here Cincinnati was just quietly winning games that they weren't supposed to win but did by double digits and blowing the teams out that they should win. And the next thing you knew, all you had to do was run the table in American Athletic Conference play, and the rea- and the dream might be a reality. On tomorrow's show, games five through eight, two blowouts that had one opposing coach saying that Cincinnati could win not just a spot in the college football playoff, but a national championship. Forget college football playoff. A national championship. The next two games, though, exhausting. Doubts creeping in. I was nervous after the eighth game of the season. I'll explain all of those tomorrow. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now get more on the Big 12 by making Lockdown Big 12 your second listen. Everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the Big 12 in 30 minutes. Make your second listen Lockdown Big 12. Don't forget you can subscribe to the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and you can follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Tomorrow, games 5 through 8, reliving those from the Bearcats 2021 excuse me, college football playoff season. Until then, I'm Alex Frank. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.